the best coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing, we regroup up in the slack chat where the coaches debrief, we be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie, ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets, casket is got, you be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet, first place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty, so many helmets, you got blurred vision, we got... All right, all right, welcome back to another DFS Army Bolt Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Topic today is wide receiver, wide receiver rankings, sleepers, studs, busts, everything you need to know about drafting the wide receiver position, you will get today, mid-June, ready to crush. My name is Kevin Allen, a.k.a. The Geek. I am the host. I got my man, the season-long goat himself, Alan Seslowski, a.k.a. season-long says. What's up, says? How are you, my friend? How are you? Who are you? Um... We are coming at you live right now uh, on a Tuesday. Normally, we'll do that on Monday, but I, I'll be honest. Today was one of those days when I woke up and I literally thought it was Monday. Between you know when we've quarantined and now I'm on my summer vacation as a as a middle school teacher, I uh, I literally have lost the days of the week at times. So I, I was shocked when you told me you, that we were a day late. I was like, No, we're not. Let me tell you something. You're experiencing that right now. The minute the NFL season ends, I don't know the difference between the weekdays and the weekends. It's all the same to me. So now you're living what I've been living forever. <laughs> it's all a fucking weekday, a weekend until football comes back. But we're back to talk about the most important and the most difficult position to draft in your season-long draft. We're going to talk about some rankings. We're going to talk about some spots where the ADP numbers are probably off. We're going to talk about some spots where we can get an edge on the competition. But before we do any of that, I need you to do something for me. Like and subscribe to the channel. Because the, the only YouTube way, channel. The, YouTube the YouTube, channel. the Facebook, yep. your sister's ass, whatever it is, the Pony Express, you know my man, Dick DiVitetto. Whatever, yeah. wherever you're Vic DiVitetto, wherever you're listening, like and subscribe. I'm told that likes and subscribes are very important. But most important, when we go live, You'll be notified of when the show is on the air. You can see it and you can dominate your leagues. Let's jump into the wide receiver position, Season Long says. Oh, yeah. No, this is uh, this is like one of the most interesting years, 2020, for wide receiver in Dynasty, in redraft, in best ball. And what it is is that teams are – it's the deepest it's gone. This is the furthest down the draft board we go and we get starting wide receivers. Um and add that to that the market has gone completely running back crazy, meaning that running backs of lesser ability are getting pushed up the board over wide receivers in the elite tier. And this is one of the best years to get wide receiver value at any point in the draft. I I'm loving what, and actually one more point geek is that more and more teams are going to a base wide receiver three set versus 15 years ago, 10 years ago, where it was, two wide receiver sets. That third wide receiver is very relevant for fantasy purposes. I'm going to throw out some names last year. This is much more than any other position group where you can pick up somebody very late in your draft that will win you your league. And it's not a stretch. I'll, I'll mention A.J. Brown last year. How about Hollywood Brown? Some of these rookies, some guys who came up out of nowhere, Debo Samuel, that came out of nowhere, Put on a good show. You got them very late in your draft, and you ended up winning your league because of them. So 
it's a very, very important position to understand from the point of view of just who are the studs that are worth getting because there's busts galore at the wide receiver position as well. And also who are some late rounders that we can tap into that um, might have some upside potential, especially later in the year to win us our league. So let's just jump right into this thing. man. And and I also, it, what's relevant about the wide receivers that we're doing today is uh, we've enlisted the help of our, uh, our friend over at the flex network, Shane Seeley, who's going to be helping us rank some wide receivers. So not only will you get the geeks wide receiver rankings, not only will you get my wide receiver rankings available in the draft kit, uh, we have enlisted a third party who we think is a very shrewd ranker to add his ranking. So another set of eyeballs, to add to the draft kit and that is being uploaded probably by the weekend yeah all that so yeah all that is part of our dfsarmy.com um, season-long draft kit which is available on dfsarmy.com for subscribers um so you go go to dfsarmy.com you sign up uh for one of our nfl memberships and you'll get access to our draft kit and it will help you draft and again we crushed our leagues we we bring the bowl calls to the table that's what this podcast is about so let's yeah, jump hey, right into this talking to the side of that mic because that peas are popping again there you go Right, oh, you, don't like, oh, you don't like my popping peas. All right, there you go. Uh, tilt right. it back a little. There you go. Yeah, see, you're giving me a hard time. No, you're good. You're good, I'm man. You're pop good. my peas. I'm there we go. go. All right, All right. Go. let's jump right into this. Now, the consensus number one pick overall. We're not about picking the number one guy, but I mean, it's pretty obvious. Michael Thomas is above and beyond every other wide receiver in the league from an efficiency standpoint, from a, a volume standpoint. His team hasn't changed much. They've added Emmanuel Sanders to that team, and I'm actually well, quite interested in Emmanuel Sanders as a late round pick. Here's the interesting question about Michael Thomas. Okay. This is the only question that you need to know this. We're not going to analyze Michael Thomas. The question is when are you at what point he's the only wide receiver that goes in the top six picks. So there's everyone in the top six picks is wants one of the elite running backs, except at some point your mindset as a drafter changes that eh, that's not the guy why I want Michael Thomas. So where are you, the geek? Who are the running backs you're taking before you take Michael Thomas? Okay, so this would be the bold call comp component of it, right? Where do I take Michael Thomas? Here's what happens. Christian McCaffrey off the board. Saquon Barkley off the board. Easy kill Elliott off the board. I'm taking Thomas. Fourth overall. Yeah, and and I think that's where I think that's where the money pick is. Now, uh, before Dalvin Cook's uh, holdout threat, he that was the decision point. Like that even threat of holdout by Dalvin Cook is enough to push him down. Now, here's the other thing. I think that in the rankings, we need to now consider Alvin Kamara above Michael Thomas, and I'll tell you why. Not because I, I think Alvin Kamara is going to outscore Michael Thomas, but I think now with the with Dalvin Cook in, in holdout threat and Joe Mixon, a sneaky sort of not-talked-about holdout threat, that makes that elite tier of running backs even smaller which is the case for pushing Alvin Kamara up. Now, I would understand if you didn't, but I, I think now Alvin Kamara gets a bump, and then based on elite running back position scarcity, he can be considered at four. So I would take Kamara there. You would take Michael Thomas there. I'm not even prepared to tell you you're wrong for doing it. No, I'm definitely not being convinced about Kamara. I did hear that Kamara was injured a lot last season. We're hearing now that he had some lingering issues going on, and I don't give a fuck. I have seen what Kamara brings to the table, and he just does not bring the volume that Thomas does. I'm sorry. He doesn't. Right. Many passes, right. people say. And and he, he doesn't bring the volume. Michael Thomas, he gets fucking 120 receptions. The guy is unstoppable. He's like a wide, he's like a running back consistency level. If you look at his consistency, he was more consistent than any running back last season outside of Christian McCaffrey. 
and he's a fucking wide receiver. Well, it, it, again, there's there's no one that's going to dispute that. I don't think I think that you're you're having an argument with the wall there. I think the All real right. argument is the people want to see me rant, even if it's against nothing. Yeah, but I think this is we're 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 having a conversation that people are going to have to have with themselves. So it's good that we're having. I think the real conversation is: Are you going to be happy if you like? Let's say the average person at pick four or five or six is going to start their draft with one of each position: one wide receiver and one running back. Are you happier taking Michael Thomas and then that running back that loops around that Aaron Jones, or are you happier taking Alvin mm -hmm. Kamara and then the Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill? So that's, again, it's not a question. We know Michael Thomas, if you're just picking one player is the better player, but what are you going to be left with on the loop? Always the decision point in fantasy football. Let's, let's push forward because yeah. after Michael Thomas, after Michael Thomas, it gets a little bit sketchy in terms of what current ADP is compared to really where, 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 what's worth what? So number two overall, we're looking at Devontae Adams currently by ADP. Yeah, by all measures, consensus, right? By all measures, Devontae Adams is great. Um, Packers have not added anybody else. And whenever he's been the only target for the team, no matter what the defense is, no matter what's going on, he will absolutely, he will absolutely just get a massive volume of targets. He's a great touchdown catcher. I don't have any problem with um, Devontae Adams second overall. And again, I think more importantly would be what running backs do I want to take and when do I actually say, all right, enough is enough. I'm taking Devontae Adams. And because Devontae Adams for me is a significant step below Michael Thomas, that is where I do want the Kamaras, the Mixins, uh, you know, that that second level group of running backs that I'm really interested in. You know, you could even maybe throw Eckler and, and, and my boy Ken, Kenyon Drizzy in there. Yeah, I mean, there's a clear there's a clear tier two of um of wide receivers. So after Michael Thomas, who's in the tier by himself, Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, I'd even throw Julio Jones in there, Chris Godwin. You know, those are the guys that get sprinkled into the second round. And then you're just going to have to make your own decision on if you want one of those elite um, elite wide receivers or if you want to you know stack up on the running backs there. And I think this it's all you're going to hear me kind of lead back to this a lot. Uh, the reason there's running back inflation this year is because there are such great options that uh, undervalued wide receiver options in the fourth round on guys that we're going to talk about like Terry McLaurin, uh, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Like you're, you're more than happy to roll out as you're in your three receiver league. Um, Cooper cup, uh, Stefan Diggs and, um, and, and Terry McLaurin or Debo Samuel. If you've gone running back heavy, like, it really does make sense to go attack those running backs soon. But that begs the question. You're going to hear me say it a lot. Is this the year to stack the wide receivers and go zero running back? No. Or And I, I know I know it sounds ugly. I know you hate that philosophy. But, you know, when I say zero running back, sometimes I'm referring to like a modified version of that where you get like one running back, like a Nick Chubb at the end, and then you stack those wide receivers. It's As you're going to see as you go through these mock drafts, as you go through the ADP, Terry McLaurin is a fifth-round wide receiver, a late fourth-round wide receiver that probably should be going on the 2-3 turn. Let me throw some red flags up, and this is why I don't like that approach. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to run through a lot of names right now, and, and you, I'll, I'll give you time to react after this, but I'm going to throw out a lot of names, and then I'm going to throw a bunch of question marks on them. These are all top 12 guys. So when you're looking at the top 12 group of running, and this is why I don't advocate for zero RB, get your RB, get a fucking elite tight end, do something else early. Get get Lamar Jackson in the second round. And here, I'm going to tell you why. We get we we go through the top group here. 
Michael Thomas, Montana. We love these guys, right? But let me throw some red flags up there. DeAndre Hopkins, new team, hasn't practiced with them very much. Going to have a great year, I, I think. But let me, it's a let new me, situation. Yeah, no, and you're right. And like these new, these receivers, I'm going to let you continue with this. But if there's one guy that can overcome new team and new situation, like this is the I, guy that I it may not have. Yeah. I know, but I'm just going to throw the red flags yeah. on these names. I'm not, I'm not, I know there's a reason why he's up here. Love DeAndre Hopkins and he needs a new team finally. But nonetheless, new team, new situation, not much practice with the team. COVID, Rona, the fucking Rona. Okay. How about Julio Jones? He's old as fuck. His hamstring always hurts. The guy is a risk to, to be injured or at least a questionable tag yeah. every single week of the season. And again, my counter to that is everything you said is true, but the, here's the thing. You talk about like this year more than ever continuity, same offense, same everything is, is going to be such a big benefit. And who has more continuity and year from your consistency than the Falcons? Agreed. But these are just red potential flags in the early rounds. I say, and I'm going to take a running back instead. And I'll take it because part of the second part of this rant will be talking about how great some of the later wide receivers are. But I'm going to continue down the list. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, new quarterback. Everybody thinks Tom yeah, Brady they're, is they're in danger. Tom Brady is not an upgrade from Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is fantasy fucking gold. And every time he throws a pick six, that just means his team gets the football back to make another drive. And now they're down by more. They have to throw it more. So people are misinterpreting, oh, well, Tom Brady is an upgrade over Jameis Winston. No, he's not. Maybe for, for team wins, certainly not for fantasy. I don't give a fuck about if my team wins all. I want my team to lose. I want my quarterback on a losing team where he's throwing a lot. I don't want some winning quarterback on my team throwing it. So Godwin Evans, danger. Okay. Kenny Galladay literally has not been that much better than Marvin Jones Jr. And I'm just going through the top list, like on a play for play basis over the last few years has not been that much better than Marvin Jones Jr. Very similar. Very similar. Okay. Seventh ADP, Amari Cooper, red flags galore, says every one of these guys, red flags galore. Amari Cooper, who did they just add? CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, so well, here you go. Uh, now, Amari uh, Cooper is definitely one of the guys I wanted to talk about because uh, he is uh, – I, I still think he's a top 10 wide receiver, certainly a top 12 wide receiver, especially for 2020, and he's getting drafted not that. And I understand the reasons why they added a rookie – wide receiver that projects to be very good. But I mean, if we were, of Gallup. Yeah. Gallup, but, and, and yes, but they just, they just locked up Amari Cooper for a four year deal. Two of it's guaranteed him and dad. I mean, even how we always talk, we just talked about it a second ago, how when receivers come to new teams, sometimes it well, most of the time there's an adjustment period. There was a very unique connection that we saw that the year that Amari Cooper was traded in the middle of the season to Dallas Cowboys, like Amari Cooper went from not producing at all to producing at a super elite level. The minute he stepped off the bus. So this might be that exception to the rule. This might be that market inefficiency. And I think Amari Cooper because you're getting him in the late third round. You're getting him in the early fourth round. If you're going to hammer running back early, I think this is the guy to attack first on the wide receiver market. I don't mind it, but there are flags with him because he's no longer the only option. I think they're market perception flags. I don't think they're real, actual, uh, applicable fantasy flags. That's fair. I'm, oh, that's fair. And I do like Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper also has a long history of not being productive. 
but so, it's priced in now. It's no longer having to take him in the middle of the second round, the early third round. He's now almost a fourth round pick. I can only compare him to who I can get around him. And, you know, I can make a very strong argument. And this is where this is where I'd come from with it. I can make a really strong argument that Cooper Cup is a better play and will score more fantasy points this season than Amari Cooper will. I can make a very, very strong argument that even someone like Juju Smith-Schuster or Adam Thien, guys who are going well past him, here, here the now the the I'm reason that similar. sorry geek sorry the the and now yes you can make that argument but it, it's not we're not when we're talking about probabilities again I, I sure I could see it but the reason Cooper Cup is is being knocked down a little bit is that the last month and a half maybe two months of the season we saw the Rams totally switch philosophies to the, a tight end heavy philosophy. They drafted a running back. I'm not saying Cooper cup's not going to get his, of course he is. We also saw a season where Robert Woods only had two touchdowns. Let's say you even bump him up to four and a half or five touchdowns. I'm not saying that Cooper cup is not going to be the 14th best receiver or the, the 11th best receiver, but he's certainly not going to be the number one overall receiver. I can see a situation where Mari Cooper is like a top two receiver. It's very possible. It's not likely it's not priced into his, his ADP. But I'm just saying is that I think the upside for this season is in Amari Cooper versus the guys you just said, Juju Smith-Schuster, same thing. We know it can be a monster, but that down, that down year without Ben Roethlisberger was, he was wide receiver. Do, all right, what wide receiver number did uh, Juju finish last year? He could have been wide receiver 43 or something. He was wide receiver 63. Yeah, even even worse, and he was terrible. Yeah. But my point, the, the point I wanted to make is that this season more than ever, with a lot of kind of at least red flaggy kind of things around these second and third round wide receivers that are going, makes an argument for, and I'll, and I'll make the full point here as we talk about some of these names in the second um, group, of wide receivers, but there's a strong argument here for saying, you know what, let me get my running back taken care of. Let me get my tight end in there. That's an elite guy. And you know, a lot of times in round three, we're like, okay, I got my running back in round one. I got a quarter uh, wide receiver round two running back in round three wide receiver or, or your, or you, people talk about the zero um, running back approach. Hey, first round wide receiver. Second, remember last year, we we're talking about hammering Tyree kill and, and Odell Beckham at the turn. You know, that didn't work out that great, but, Oh my God! My league in in the one the the highest stakes league I'm in the three hundred fifty dollar um, NFFC overall contest. I went Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown at the twelve thirteen turn. I, I got zeros from birth both disaster. So so a disaster. So my what my the argument I'm making overall is I believe that the talent and the value is going to be in the second tier in the WR two WR three WR four area enough to the point where you can wait. Uh, at wide receiver, and I'm going to tell you why. So I just mentioned some red flag names. Those are all the top 12 guys. Allen Robinson and DJ Moore currently rounding it out in the um, current ADPs, yeah. and I like both of those guys very much, although I would say DJ Moore has a red flag in the fact that he's got a new quarterback, and we just don't yeah, know but it's But that quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, man, that plays right into the DJ Moore strengths. It's I know the, it does, but I mean, it's a new quarterback, and he hasn't practiced with the team. Yeah, I just... I uh, That's, again, you're... The theory holds true, and you could be right, but it's just DJ Mort, and you you and I have talked about this off air. I mean, this guy looks we, – we're hesitant to say it, even though we shouldn't be, but he's poised to be in that first round next year. DJ Moore in PPR leagues specifically, I mean, every time he touches the ball, 
it looks like it, he just looks, it looks like a video game. You know, like when you hit the, the super jet button, I mean, he, he gets the ball and he's just, he can't, uh, tacklers can't grab him. He just, he's, he's elusive. He can break the long ones. And I think this is the year that he actually scores some touchdowns too. Um, you know, he's on all my dynasty teams. I mean, yeah, look, I love DJ Moore. So let's not, let's not go crazy. But my, the reason I make the argument is right. So in the next group, we have these like superhuman new breed wide receivers, um, a little bit of speculation. A lot of them are young, but that you can get on your team and potentially have these just monsters coming at you. And I'm talking about names like, you know, AJ Brown. I'm talking about names like, I don't, I, you know, I'm a, I'll, I'm, I'm a negative on Cortland Sutton guy, but uh, DJ Shark and DK Metcalf is in this group. All these great names. Um, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin's the most grossly mispriced of all of them, and I understand why he's going in the fifth round, but, I mean, think about it. it, it I'd almost – I don't even want to say this because it's not a – I probably wouldn't do it, but I, I think that we're going to be talking about Terry McLaurin having more value in Dynasty over Chris Godwin at the, after this year. I'm not saying – I'm just saying it's a, it's a real good possibility for the reasons you outlined before. Chris Godwin, I mean – he had an amazing year. He's an amazing talent, but the situation is a little sketchy with Tom Brady. Whereas I just think that Terry McLaurin already produced with the worst conditions possible. You know, I, I just, it's a close call and he goes three rounds later. So uh, he is the best value in those mid rounds that I'm seeing. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but he, he looks like uh, an NFL star and a future perennial second round fantasy pick. His whole little ADP zone is really good. So, yeah, I love Terry McLaurin. He's the only game in town on his team at the wide receiver position. There's no one else to throw to. And you yeah, could they drafted some guys. I don't they, care. I don't care. He's the only guy to throw to. Um, Kevin Harmon, Steven Smith yep. Jr. Get out of here. He's the only guy to throw to on that team. Ooh, and, wait, wait a second. You, you just you just went over my guy. You know, I have an uh an affinity for Steve Sims. I know that he's a late round guy, but I think that he's one of the, I just saw that uh, even Evan Silva, who, you know, is one of the the most well-known personalities in the industry. He just added Steve Sims to his top 150. Um, I've been on Steve Sims train since last year. I mean, if you, if you're listening to this podcast and you like Steve Sims jr, you know what I'm talking about. You're with me. You've already done this. See, I'm not telling you a secret, but for those of you who haven't or, or, or hearing him for the first time, Steve Sims blew up the last three weeks of last year he was like an undrafted guy or a seventh round draft pick and now he's going in like the 17th round of best ball drafts he's on literally 100 percent of my best ball teams um he has not won the gloss over he could bust out but at his price man you should be adding him in every league love that as a best ball specific play not a guy you're going to be super happy as your you know number three wide receiver but no it's yeah. your number five or six wide receiver yeah. You don't want to start him on your team, but you want him on your best ball team. You don't oh, have yeah. to make a decision. I got to start this guy this week. You want him on your best ball team. Um, but, you know, we know about him because he was a cheap DFS play last year that would blow right. up. You know, the blow there's there's talk around the Redskins beat reporters that Steve Sims was so good last year that, you know, they did draft some guys. So they're the guys they drafted are going to be outside players. But Trey Quinn last year's, um, you know, he had some hype last year. may not even make the team because Steve yeah. Sims was so good. Yeah, Trey Quinn. That's right. It was Steve Sims and even Harmon, who was like the more draft equity guy. Kevin, well, Harmon. he's also an outside receiver, Kelvin yeah. Harmon, and he's going to his second year and he was good in a few spots like he's locked into a roster spot.
Yeah, no, but I meant like he wasn't the DFS play. The DFS play was was Sims. Yeah. And, and but but that, that we, we went off on a on a scrub. But, no, but that's important um, though. The, you know these late round sleep because there's, there's never sleepers anymore. No one has sleepers. That guy is a true sleeper as of June, and he will not be in July. Well, we could throw out a few of those names for sure. But let's let's get yeah, to the middle no. zone here because this is really the point I wanted to make. In this middle level of you know wide receiver twelve to to twenty four, and even up to all the way to thirty six. But of 12 to 24 in that range, I mean, Terry McLaurin's going 26th, wide receiver 26 off the board. Devontae Parker could not have had a more spectacular end of the year last year. And as long, you know, they have two good potential quarterbacks on the Dolphins. It doesn't matter which way they go. It's Tua, okay. It's Fitzpatrick, okay. Um, Tyler Lockett going very late. Uh, you could get you can get names like Tyler Boyd as a WR3 right at the end. So there's a Where, lot of talent here. Slow, slow, stop the stop the train right there. Where are you at on Parker this year? Are you drafting him where he's yes. going in like the sixth he, round? He's a guy that I pretty much have on every team. He's a guy that I like a little bit more than his ADP. I like him more, for example, than Cortland Sutton or Keenan Allen, a couple of names that tend to and certainly have ADPs ahead of him. This time last year, like – Devontae Parker was going in like the 11th and 12th round. Nobody wanted him. He had had four disappointing years. All my teams. Now, this is the one. Okay, I'm just going to do the other side of it for a second just to, uh, you know, and because I'm not sure. Um, A lot of his production started coming when Preston Williams went out. Because remember, the first few weeks, rookie Preston Williams, undrafted Preston Williams, was actually the guy everybody was talking about. Then he gets hurt. Devontae Parker comes in. But Devontae Parker, it wasn't just like he had a game here. He was consistent and just he broke out, you know, the fifth-year breakout, which, by the way, the fifth-year breakout, which usually doesn't happen, gives me a little hope for Corey Davis. Little hope. Stop with the Corey Davis. A little hope. It's it's something. For Corey Davis. Not, not predicting that, by the way. Not, no. I'm just saying that it gives me right when I was about to dump Corey Davis in Dynasty, it at least makes me hold on to him because of Devontae Parker's fifth year breakout. Now, we're in some Dynasty leagues together, and you know that Devontae Parker is on all of my teams. Yeah, no, you like you've liked him since he was a rookie, and you were wrong every year, and then this year wrong. you were finally right. Same with Kenyon Drake. He's on, I was like, why do you have fucking Kenyon Drake? I fucking I was waiting to be right. Okay, and if I was going to be wrong, so I like Devontae Parker, and I agree with you. It was, <clears throat> it wasn't just a oh the guy had two good games. It was oh wow, this is the Devontae Parker that we've been waiting for. This is the Devontae Parker that's a number one pick. This is a Devontae Parker that's not eating potato chips every night and fucking around, but rather giving a shit about football. Yeah. He's understanding. He's maturing. Now that could be wrong. Could have been, yeah. Preston Williams on uh, draft three, and I love Preston Williams too. Get him in your, get him on your best ball team. Get him in you're your right. dynasty startup. You're right, right over there. I hear a lot of hiccup and burping. Uh, and yeah, I'm drinking my. Uh, what the hell is going on over there? Talking about eating potato chips and drinking uh, soda. You I, I drink soda and eat potato. Chips. All right, let's continue, because again, we're in this group. Marquise Brown, Tyler Boyd. Will Fuller, if he could stay I mean, home. You're just yelling out names. Like, what do you want to talk about these guys? Or, like, what are you no, doing? With- this is just the, the group that I'm saying. Listen, I think we know that, like, we could talk about Will Fuller, right? There's no more DeAndre Hopkins on his team. He's the only game in town. Cook, never been a, never been a consistent wide receiver, Brandon Cook. If Will Fuller can stay healthy, is he WR1 material? Yeah, I mean, you just said the the key thing. If Will Fuller could stay healthy, and so far that has not been the case. When Will Fuller's been on the field, he's a difference-making player. He probably would be a 
early second round pick. He'd probably be the, you know, a top five or top six wide receiver, but because he gets injured every year that he is now in the relegated to a seventh round pick. So you just basically me just spelling that out is exactly how I play fantasy football. So a lot of, a lot of players I've heard of like for their third wide receiver to be like a safe, Hey, this guy's going to get me six catches for 60 yards every week. Cole Beasley, uh, Danny Amendola, that type in their peak. I just want that. I don't play fantasy football like that geek. What I like is I like a guy that will get me like zero. I'm putting air quotes up or win me the week because, and Will Fuller fits that profile. Now I hope he never gets zero. I hope it's like six, seven points at the floor, but I know that Will Fuller, we've seen him put up 35, 45 fantasy point games where he gets six catches for 200 yards and two or three touchdowns. It happens twice a year. You put that guy in there and he wins your key weeks. Will Fuller for me, I, I, people are fading him. Uh, I am in, well, especially in best ball. That's a cop out because everyone's better in best ball, but I like Will Fuller. I've been drafting him when I've, when I've uh, gone QB early and tight end early, Will Fuller, somebody that I end up with my second wide receiver. And that's a dangerous game for sure. But if you can get him as your third wide receiver, he's someone I'm actively targeting in these drafts. I'm ignoring the injury because it's priced into his ADP. Now, if he was going in the fourth round, fifth round, that's when you have some concerns. But these are the rounds. The seventh round is where you're trying to hit that major home run. Can you think of a better uh, player than Will Fuller to try to hit that home run? No, new situation. Great quarterback. They need someone to throw to on that team. Again, if he learns to stretch out the hammy before the game, you got to stretch it. You got to stretch that hammy out. You're going to be fine. Now, let me throw a couple of names at you. I'll throw one name at you. Some risers, right? A big buzz name this offseason is... Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Let's start so with the simple question. Are you buying it or are you not? Yeah, because that's you, whoever. Are you on board with the Deontay Johnson hype train? I am not. I am not. And um, I'll tell you why. So, to okay. So, do I think Deontay Johnson's a good player? Yes. But I think he belongs in like the ninth round of drafts. He's now going drafting in like the sixth round, seventh round. You Forget it. You're not going to get him. You're going to have to fight the room for him. And I think Deontay, like I said, I think he's a good game, but a, a good player. But if you think Deontay Johnson is a six-round player, that means that Juju Smith-Schuster also has to be like a fifth or sixth-round player because with Ben Roethlisberger coming back, and if you think Deontay Johnson is going to deliver on that ADP, that means Juju can't deliver on his third-round ADP. So, and then people are just discarding James Washington like he's nothing. He actually had more yards than Deontay last year. He all of Ben Roethlisberger in his few games, his big plays were to James Washington. They drafted Chase Claypool, a big pro ready receiver. They throw to the running backs there. Okay. Uh, I, it's not that again, it's, I don't think that I like Deontay Johnson, but I'm not going to fight the room for him. If he falls to the ninth round, he never will. I'll take him, but look at the players that you're foregoing. I mean, that's prime time to get in one QB leagues. That's where you take Dak Prescott. You're not taking, you're not going to take Deontay Johnson in the sixth round, the early seventh round, when you can get Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott. You just don't do it. Um, I know it's fun to talk about these players, and but just that ADP to me, it doesn't seem right. Unless you believe that Deontay is ready to overtake Juju or just be the Godwin Evans thing happened there where they're both like super productive. If you believe that, then yes, he does belong there. But if you rank, Deontay Johnson, as a late sixth, early seventh round pick, you need to have Juju Smith-Schuster as like a fifth round pick. I actually do believe that the Steelers can support two really good 
wide receivers. Me too, but not not if if you believe Juju Smith Schuster is a is a third round pick, that means he's like thirteen hundred yards and like nine touchdowns. Well, what is? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Deontay Johnson is going thirty five overall. WR thirty five. But yeah, let's look since the hype started. I'm going to change that. Uh, we we were pulling the, the last month. Yeah, this is the most I'm gonna, recent. 35. I'm going to do. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do is version. Right. I'm going to I'm going to pull the last two weeks if you're all right with that. That's, that's I'm like in. I'm in the oh, last two weeks. He's 35 okay. overall. So my question for you is the guys who are going after him, who are you taking ahead of him? And I'll I'll just read off the next five names. Julian Edelman, no. Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks, Jamison Crowder. I'll keep going. Darius Slayton, Mecole Hardman, C.D. Lamb, John Brown, Jerry Judy. Emmanuel Sanders. So, like, who are you taking of that group before okay. you're taking Deontay Johnson? Okay, I I see what you did there because you're you're looking at him in the draft in the draft order. But if you go back to my earlier point, I said it's not about that. I'm considering another wide receiver there. It's that I'm looking where where you're having to take him in the in the in the middle or late sixth round at this point. I'm looking at other positions. So I'm just looking at overall ADP to see where he is going right now. Deontay Johnson, as we look, I'm looking at overall. Um, sorry, great radio. Let's see. He is, let's see, Deontay Johnson. Okay, he's going 91st overall. So, uh, sorry, he's go, That's he's 91st ranked player. Um, okay, this is what you're, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at, like, Will Fuller's going right ahead of him. And then who's going after him? Like, the running backs. Uh, let's see. Yeah. It's a bunch of like middling running backs, right? Like your Ronald Joneses, your carry on Johnson's. And then as far as quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is in this range. Okay. Uh, Alexander Madison is in, is after this range. So I understand, uh, Tony Pollard's after this range. So again, it's not an unreasonable wide receiver ADP. I just don't think he's going to deliver on it. And yeah, but I mean, my point as you look at this, and as you like, if he, uh, what what I would say to to your point is, listen, the ADP is where it's at. He's a hyped up name, and your expectation is actually, I believe, that he will climb beyond this WR thirty six level and actually make his way up to a point where there really are some other better options. But as I look at the draft board, you know, even even on your current ADP, again, this is best ball, but it's like. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn, eh, Marvin Jones, yeah. okay. You know, James White, Ronald Jones, Carry on Johnson, fuck that. You know, Jared Cook, okay, I guess. Sammy All right, here Michelle. you go, here you go. There's no I just one pulled after up, him that I'm excited I pulled about. up. I pulled up the last draft that I just did. I did a, um, a best ball 10, okay? I'm going to read you the five or six picks that went after Deontay Johnson. Is that a good way to do it? Yeah, that's fair. All right, okay. so this is a real-life example. This is a real draft. This is a one tight end, one QB league, all right? Um, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby. Mm-hmm. Prefer Kyler Murray, Will Fuller, Darius Geis. Those were the next six picks. So that that's a situation, and this this more speaks to your point. That's a situation where the hype machine is so big on Deontay Johnson, and there's a hype machine building around him. That that's I think that reaching in the room for guys. That's where you start to take him before this and that, ADP. And by that's that, shit you don't want to be messing with. Yeah, in this draft, he went at seven point three. So the guys I just read you with the rest of the seventh round, and guys that went in the eighth round after him were Dak Prescott, um, Jerry Judy, Alexander Madison, Russell Wilson. So again, it's not that it, it's 
sure. If you want Deontay Johnson and you believe that he is going to uh, be so close with Juju's production and you think he's going to just overtake that team, then do it. Like we're not stopping you. I, and, and geek believes in it. He thinks that Deontay Johnson is ready to take the next step. He showed a lot as a rookie. All these things are true. My biggest I, fear with Deontay as is the same fear I have with every player on the Steelers. And that is that Ben Roethlisberger gets injured every single year. Now mm. he can't make it through a season. And the minute he's gone and the minute you've got whatever garbage they have behind him and it's not somebody good, they, they should get fucking Cam Newton on that team, Absolutely. but it, they need Cam Newton on that team. But the minute Roethlisberger is hurt, then he's going to be worthless. That's part of the reason why I didn't, I haven't drafted and, Juju Schuster in the last few years. I'm like, fuck him. You know, I get it. He's a pretty good player, but Roethlisberger, I can't just old. He's old by the and way, he's big and he's always hurt. Can we add in, uh, you and I talked about this offline before when I was driving around in my car. Um, we both think Eric Ebron has a pulse this year. And if he's a, a guy that gets six or seven touchdowns, that really takes away. I mean, I know Deontay Johnson's not like a, a red zone guy. He's more of a deep threat. He runs the routes well. but And listen, Pittsburgh has done a great job of identifying these type of players. And they got Antonio Brown. They had Mike Wallace. They, you know, uh, uh, there's a laundry list of guys they did. So it could be. I'm just saying is I'm not willing to pay it in redraft. I understand a little bit more in Dynasty. But whoever, it's just, I never like paying for the hype guy. I just don't like it. I understand. Now, let's talk about some later round sleepers that, that we can get. Beyond the top 36, okay, beyond the top 36 that have the potential to at least climb into top 36 level um, players and ideally top 12, top 15, win your league type picks very late in the draft. Um, I'm going to throw a few names out of some guys that I've picked out, and I want you to tell me if I'm onto something or not with some of these names. I'm going to try to go a little bit further. Uh, you, you know, right just outside of the top 36, you've got I don't really feel like it's a fair call, but like Brandon Cooks and Marvin Jones and Jameson Crowder are three names that are just outside of the top 36. Um, tell me about your thoughts on those three. Those are all three names that I tend to like, and I tend to try to draft if I can. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks stepped into a really good situation, didn't he? I mean, all those targets uh, it got evacuated with DeAndre Hopkins leading, leaving, and Brandon Cooks walks in, and he's of course he's not going to get all 150 targets, but Brandon Cooks is is notorious. He's been a 95 target player his whole career. I mean, if he gets 135 targets this year, Will Fuller can't stay healthy. Neither can Brandon Cooks, but. That ninth round ADP, man, that tenth round ADP, you, you know what? I haven't really been thinking about Brandon Cook so much. He might be someone that we need to target. I think that's a really smart player that you just identified there. You I mean, have to get. I mean, what? Didn't we just talk about Will Fuller's hammy, dude? The fucking guy don't yeah. know how to stretch it. The and here's the, he's gone. This is the only game in town. But even beyond that, even if Will Fuller's healthy, you almost want Will Fuller healthy. So Brandon Cooks draws the number two and number three cornerback because that guy could fly. Now, he was a former first-round pick. He's been passed around hot potato-wise. But when he's played, he's been good. I mean, you know the big problem with him is is um, he's a little delicate when he gets if the the one-hit concussion. That could that could be the end of it. Is That could be like career over. But at the 10th-round price, I mean, it's, it's all priced in and then some. So I love that pick. I think that's a great one. Not a bad situation at all. Now, I'll talk a little bit about uh, Jameson Crowder because he falls more into that category of an unexciting pick, but I think super valuable for your PPR team. Yeah. No one wants Jameson Crowder. It's Jameson Crowder. He's little. He's on the fucking Jets. The Jets suck. I get it. But 
He's borderline the only game in town. He's certainly the only possession wide receiver on the Jets right. roster. That's that's important to identify. He's not the only game in town because they drafted the uh they drafted uh Denzel Mims, who's profiles and in they the have outside. Right, Bashard Perryman, who could fly. I mean, he's got wheels. They do pass. I mean, presumably they'll pass to Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully, that's why they brought him in this year. They would give him a little work. Pass. They will not pass to Le'Veon Bell. Right, they won't. Right. Jamison Crowder, who they paid, they you know he does those things. The only the only player on that roster that could compete with him in the middle of the field Herndon. is Her- Chris Herndon, right? And you know Herndon. I mean, I'm not banking on him to to do anything at this point. Like I, I know there's upside. So yeah, I mean, that's another player that you're getting in what the ninth round, like even if you waited this long to the seventh round to take a receiver and you take Will Fuller, if you like Deontay Johnson, Brandon cooks, like I would roll those guys out of my two and three wide receiver slots and load up everywhere else. I have entire teams that win championships where Will Fuller is my number one wide receiver. Okay, he's my top guy. Jamison Crowder's in there every single week, putting up 12, putting up 16 points. And you say, well, how the fuck you win a championship? Because when you wait, you've got Christian McCaffrey on that team. You've got Kenyon Drake on that team. You've got uh, George Kittle. You've got Zach Ertz. You've got great talent. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got elite talent everywhere else. I waited on wide receiver. This is why I say wait on wide receiver. Now, let's, let's keep going. Another name I like a lot. And I want you to tell me about this guy. He's old, like you. And decrepit. That's Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel, just Manny being Manny, Sanders, moves to the Saints. The Saints have not had a WR2 on that team for as far back as I can remember. The last time they had what almost could be conceived as a WR2 was when Willie Snizzles AKA no, I thought I thought you were gonna go with I thought you were gonna say Devery Henderson. No, that's you're going way too far back. You know, Will Willie Sneed and his beautiful blonde flowing hair was yeah. their number two wide receiver. Now they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. He's old as fuck. We know this. Do you know how old he is? Um, in his late forties, I assume. Nah, I no, he's, he's thirty. He's thirty-three, which is old for a wide receiver. Old, but he's a, he's, and he's had injuries too. But he's he's actually those smaller wide receivers tend to age better. Like the Antonio, Bra- like you remember Cal- Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and Andre Johnson. Like those guys, when they hit age thirty, they literally break down. That's why I'm a little worried about Julio this year. But the Antonio Brown types, the Steve Smith in his peak types, Derek Mason. Remember Derek Mason on Baltimore? Those guys tend to age a little better. So I'm not as worried from an age perception about Emmanuel Sanders and I'm with you I think Emmanuel Sanders is like in the perfect situation but I, I just smart people that that we know in this industry are out on Emmanuel Sanders Not and I don't listen to quote smart no fuck smart people in this industry let me tell you something the only smart <laughs> people in this industry you need to give a shit about is sitting right here and right over there yeah okay? no I'm just I'm making a I'm making a point ranking Lamar Jackson at number three or four overall last season they had him at number 16. They wanted you to draft fucking Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson because those were names. They're too scared to tell you about that. They're too scared to fucking raise up Josh Allen to number five. They're too scared for these tapes. Oh, by That's the way, calls. by the way, I think I'm moving Josh Allen up even more. I can't. I I can't. Yeah, I think I'm going to move him over like to number three, but we'll talk about that another time. Now, let me talk about more. Wait, wait, so, Manuel Sanders. Stay with it. So what do you expect? When you drink, I, I want that he can start on your PPR team. Every single week, as your WR3 deliver reasonable numbers and allow you to have waited until the 10th round 
to to have drafted your second or third wide receiver on your team or your fourth or whatever. All right, finish this sentence for me. Okay, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna say a sentence. I want you to fill it in. Don't even think about it. Manuel Sanders, if he plays 16 games, will finish as wide receiver blank. 26. Okay, so a hot the highest end wide receiver three you can basically be. Really a wide receiver two, uh, bottom end wide receiver two. Well, that would be a 24. That'd be wide receiver. Yeah, well, we're talking about 12. That range. So so give me him in that range. Now, the, the more important thing is if you look where he's being drafted, he's being taken after Nicole Hardman. He's being taken after, you know, John Brown and Jerry Judy, uh, you know, in the range with my, Mike Williams and Sterling Shepard and Henry Ruggs. I'll take Manny Sanders over all those guys because he's an established guy, again, on a team that throws the football a lot, that is dying for a WR2. And trust me, they're dying for a WR2 on that team. Well, like, okay, here's the other little sneaky thing. And I, and again, I'm with, I want you to understand, I'm with you on this. Like, I'm drafting Emmanuel Sanders. But here's the thing. So normally, uh, you would say, oh my God, clearly, like he's the WR2 on this team. There hasn't been one. He's a very capable one. He was, you know... Uh, like a hair away from catching the winning touchdown from Jimmy G in the Super Bowl. But the number two pass catcher, the guy who's going to have the second most receptions on this team is not going to be Emmanuel Sanders. It's going to be Alvin Kamara, who's had 80 plus receptions in three straight years. So wait, hold up. So what I'm saying is I wouldn't go into this expecting Emmanuel Sanders to have 80 catches, 800 yards, and like seven touchdowns. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be useful. I think he's going to have his big games, but I think he is being drafted appropriately because I can't see a situation where he gets more than like 60, 65 catches for like, you know, 750, 800 yards and like five or six touchdowns. So very useful. And he could go on a little roll there, but I just think that the reason he's pushed down is because of that thought process. If Sanders was younger, he'd be Amari Cooper. Sure. Why not? Sanders is a guy that, on previous teams with with the 49ers even had 40 point games like all of a sudden he just goes crazy it reminds me very much of Amari Cooper and then they just don't throw to him for three weeks that so if he gets the volume he will produce can't ever well, guarantee volume let me ask you another question because this is you know because we have a lot of di- what I'm finding is in the slack chat we have a lot of dynasty league players too if you are um a top three team in your dynasty league like you're a real contender top four team right you made it to the semis last year you lost whatever and you are just that that second flex position, that wide receiver three position, just is biting in the ass. Would you give away a, um, your second round pick to, to to get Manuel Sanders? Not not in a million years. Oh wow! So you don't like him that much? No. You said, no. Understand. You're late. You're well, pick two point ten. Two. What do I think he's going to get me? And in Dynasty, all right. Let's say I say his high end is a decent to very good. This is the the peak upside is a decent to pretty good WR3 from I don't give my fucking second round. Wait a second. You said a minute ago that he's a a, a nice wide receiver too. WR2 peak WR3. That's his ceiling. I'm not saying I definitely think he's going to get there. I think that's his ceiling this year if if they use him right. The problem is he's old as fuck and in dynasty I have a long-term out view. Yeah, but you're I'm talking that's why I specifically so said you're because the guy selling me him is dying to sell him. So I'm not going to be worked over by that owner knowing that he is desperate to sell. I'll offer him my late end of the third because I'm winning this fucking league. I'll offer him my end of the third round. Pick. Uh, how about this? How about, okay. I'm going to give you another. Gonna another it, else to do. I'm going to give you another hypothetical. Let's say you're, you've, you, um, 
you, you're like I said, you're same. You're you're just that one spot keeps killing you, and you have three thirds. Uh, sorry, three seconds round picks. So would you give him that last second round pick for Emmanuel Sanders? Because I can work him over. I, I don't care about the value. You see, this is a problem that you have. Oh, you want to talk about? All right, let's get into psychology. Just because I think he's a good, he's worth that doesn't mean I'm going to pay that because I know that the other guy negotiation is about understanding my side and the other side. The person trying to sell me Emmanuel Sanders has no recourse. He's dying to sell Emmanuel Sanders. Why? His team fucking sucks. He's trying to tank anyway. Manny Sanders is old. He's probably got one or two seasons in him. If that, so I have all the negotiating power in the world. I say, I'll, all right, you know, I'll throw you a third rounder for him and you should thank me for it. And he says, fuck you. I want a second. Okay. Go out and get a second. Well, I, you know, in, in our dynasty league, I was able to get that second rounder for him. I sold them. My, my team is one of the, the bottom half teams. I sold them to the league champion and I ended up with 2.12 in this year's draft. So then by your account, you think I did good. That was a, a perfectly good. Now that's the end of the second. That's a very good trade. Yes. I got 2.12. Yeah. In that, I, support in, that. I support that. And I think it was a great trade. All right. Let's move on to some other players. Again, what are you tuning in for? We want to find the late round picks that can win you your league. So, Nikhil Harry is is his ADP. He is the WR sixty right now, the sixtieth wide receiver being taken after Sammy Watkins. I'm pretty sure Sammy Watkins said he was going to retire at one point after yeah. Sammy Watkins. Now, yeah, that, that's make an argument for me about Nikhil Harry. Is he overvalued, undervalued, or properly valued at WR60, last pick in your draft? Yeah, well, that ADP, I don't know where you're getting that from. That's, that's on not- your, your set, my man. This is it. Best ball 10. Yeah, I, I, the your dates must be whacked out or something like that. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, just because Nikhil Harry, okay, so yeah, you're, not that, you're not that far off. He go okay, so... My, one of my let me let me back it up a little bit. One of my favorite strategies in best in drafting in doesn't in regular redraft best ball is to take uh, is to get a, a good even sh- um, amount of shares of sophomore wide receivers who who disappointed the year before. Like that's a strategy that works because most of them, some of them will just had a, a reason why they didn't do well. Rookie receivers in general don't always perform. There's always those exceptions, and it's becoming a little bit more of the norm. The Debo Samuels, A.J. Browns, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, they all did great. But the guys that went higher than that, I mean, think about this. New England passed on all those guys that just named for Nikhil Harry. He's got first-round draft pedigree. Okay, So he, I just got him in a best ball in the 15th round. So your points, you're not that far off from what you were saying. You know, dude, I'm I'm just on that site, man. No, no, you're no, and that is correct. Yeah, you're 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 not wrong because and it it was me that took him in the 15 round, so maybe I jumped up and you know and uh, and skipped ADP, but yeah, I mean, there's I, it's clear and obvious at his price that he he's the guy that could bust out of all these sophomore guys. First round draft pedigree. He's the only game in town. I think Tom Brady leaving is a plus for him. Tom Brady, as we know, if he doesn't trust you, he's not throwing you the football. And how is he going to trust a rookie wide receiver? Whereas Jared Stidham, 
who was projected to be the quarterback, was doing those, you know, had those backup reps with Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry was banged up a little bit last year. Uh, he's one of the prime candidates of, you know, and put every sophomore that didn't produce with high draft pedigree in this category, Nikhil Harry leading the way. Uh, I'm happy to take a chance on him as my wide receiver four in any draft. I would not be surprised at this time next year. You're naming really good ones today. If we're talking about Nikhil Harry, um, is like a fifth round receiver in the same way we're thinking about like DK Metcalf this year. So, um, could so not work. I'm so excited about the, the wide receiver position this year for this reason, because here we are diving deep in the sixties. I'm going to throw another name at you. We already mentioned him, but we're diving into the WR 60 WR 55 level. And you saw some of the drafts that you and I have done together already. I've employed this approach in those drafts where I'm like, you know, I don't need these fucking top 12 guys. I'm going to do other studs because I love the wide receiver position. As we go deep into these weeds, I'm going to throw a name at you that we just mentioned. Preston Williams. Sure. If he's healthy, he's good. I mean, just, you know, he had an ACL a few weeks into the season. As we know, ACL sometimes are even more than a year injury and it won't even be a full year. So I love him for dynasty for I'm a little more dubious. Um, I mean, I loved what I saw and I think if he was healthy, he'd be going in like the sixth or seventh round around Wolf Fuller, but less than a year recovered from ACL. I think it's problematic, but if you take him where he's going in the 13th round, um, you know, it's an easy cut it could be your first cut. So if you're drafting today, first of all, you're a maniac. If you're drafting today for your redraft league, if you're drafting in best ball, it's a different story. So yeah, and I love the pick, but um, are you not scared off by the ACL? Not at wide receiver 53 pricing. That's yeah. the point. The point isn't I, I'm I'm not drafting this guy. I'm drafting him instead of like taking a fucking kicker. Like we're not talking about investing your draft capital in him, but the upside is what you said earlier. What if he's the guy who emerges as the number one wide receiver? What if Devontae Parker finds his way back to his injury issues that he's had in the past? We don't know. So this is the guy Do you want to get late. Yeah, there. So, yeah, no, great pick so far. I, I like you. So now here's another one that's going to be polarizing, meaning that like I, I thought for sure when draft season started, he, this is a player that you and I were totally out on last year, and it's AJ Green. But the price, he's interesting because the um, the he has yet to sign his tender, but you know, let's assume for a minute he's going to sign his franchise tag, so he's going to be on a one year deal. Sat out all of last year uh, with a preseason injury. You and I were were mystified that people were taking him in the fifth round. We know his injury history. Happy they were taking him. Yep. No, it was one of the ball calls podcast. It was one of those guys that like, you know, like there's always those players in your draft. Like when they get drafted ahead of your turn, you're like, thank God. Okay. That's one more guy that's going to fall down. He was that guy last year. This year it's Jarvis Landry for us. We could talk about him in a minute, but AJ green this this year in his like late six round ADP uh, in dynasty. And he's going in the ninth round. I've been getting him and I've been able to get him um, as my wide receiver two when I'm like going with the onesie positions early and I'm able to get him as my wide receiver three or four when I'm doing a traditional running back wide receiver approach. Um, I, I think that Joe Burrow is like, he's going to be a pro ready quarterback. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's, it could 
go sideways on him, but AJ Brown, uh, AJ Green, wrong. Uh, uh, he looks like a guy who like is going to be demanding targets. I think they're going to force feed him. AJ Green is is an excellent Hall of Fame level receiver when healthy. And again, you're not having to pay that healthy price for him. I'm just going to look in the last. It's anecdotal. It's one draft, but the the last draft that I did, which is it's ongoing now, we're in the like 16th round. AJ Green went in the the uh, end of the sixth round. Um, it was in the range. Okay, great question. So you're having to decide between Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, and Michael Gallup in that range. So you know it's you know that's I probably right. I, the way, that's exactly where his ADP is. So you know these are people who are sharp and clearly drafting based on ADP as well in that league. Yeah. I mean, although I understand why you would pass for any of those guys, I do like all those receivers, but AJ Green is one of the guys that I'm not like all in on, but I have been scooping him up uh, in a couple leagues because when he plays, man, I mean, he's like, you know, he's a first round wide receiver. So um, if you have the stomach for it, if you like taking a few gambles and you're in multiple leagues, I would be sure to at least pick up one AJ Green. I really like him as a player this year. Obviously, injury risk aside, I'm absolutely a fan of Green. What what what's worse about him? This is a guy who was a top five wide receiver, a top six wide receiver draft pick like two years ago, sat out last year, and now all of a sudden he's WR thirty. The fuck? What what changed? Is he a little older? Sure, but he's come back from that injury. So I really like AJ Green where you can get him. It's basically a stud for cheap. Um, you know, on the Nikhil Harry tip, let's talk about oh, a couple yeah. of other wide the sophomores. Yeah, the sophomore group from yeah. Last. I mean, the sophomores that the sophomores that disappointed. It's like it's a tried and true story. Uh, the strategy, literally, if you you can collect these guys in your draft. And one of them is going to pan out. You can collect Andy Isabella, JJ Arcega, Whiteside, Paris Campbell, Nikhil Harry. You can get them all, and one will work out. You're not even going to say that you just literally spilled them all out. We don't know which one of those guys. I have no idea which one it's going to be. Which one will be good? I mean, Paris, Paris Campbell, man, you know, one of the highest picks. Nicole Harry, Nikhil Harry, one of the top picks in your rookie draft last year. Uh, Arcega Whiteside really, I think, is the scariest of the group. Uh, of that group, but I do agree. I think these are guys you can compile very late, and I love stashing guys like that in my. Be- I love guys like this in my best ball league again because I can get them super late. One of them too. You can yeah. always get those guys like for you can give up your second rounder for any of those guys and probably get the deal done. You like can get for your third rounder. But, well, you you you're trying I, to squeeze. I can get them for a third. I'm just saying is that. You could take to pick 2.5, 2.6, wherever you're picking, right in the middle round, if you're stuck in the middle, and literally put your cash on the table and get Paris Campbell. Harry, it, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher. I think that the people are onto him a little bit more, but it probably could get done. And what I'm saying is that is the receiver really that you get in the second round of your dynasty draft, the late second round, is he, he probably has less of a chance than those guys that have a year experience. Now, if let, me, you, let me ask you, let me ask you right now, player for player. Denzel Memes or Nikhil Harry? You mean just straight up, like for yeah. redraft or for dynasty? You're in your dynasty league. I'm making the offer. I got Memes. Give me Nikhil Harry oh. for him. It's yours. I, I'd rather have Harry. I mean, you know, I liked, um, you know, just he's a first round pedigree guy. I think that matters. Um, I don't think that, you know, I could say that with utmost confidence. He already has a year of NFL experience. Memes that matters. Or it's Mims, by the way. M- Mims or Campbell? 
again, I think it's the same situation. I, um, I probably would go Campbell. Um, but if, if, a, if a, someone, if a Denzel Mims guy had like a hard stance on it, like Denzel Mims would had the opposite thing that those guys have. Like he went later than you. So one thing that's really important by the way is yeah, sure. Watching tape is good. Studying the metrics is great, but the order in which these guys get drafted and where they get drafted actually correlates to how they produce in the NFL more so than not, not a hundred percent, but it, it is core. It is correlate so i'm only mentioning mims because you said 2.5 2.6 and that's who goes there him. That, I'm, I'm in, I yeah i'd rather have the the, the last year the sophomores well if you want a first rounder i'll, I'll give you the same question brandon Ayuk or Nikhil harry the offers on the table yeah i mean that's 50 50 uh i probably go Ayuk there because um of the of the team and the offense but if you if you put harry yeah i think harry's probably the better uh i mean it's it's 50 50 it really is it's, this is really close stuff you almost hate to be offered that because like i don't want to make that decision it's too right hard. it'll right. it'll it'll hurt me too much if i make the wrong call i just stay with what i got all right let's let let me throw out a, a player name and i would like you to talk about him he, definitely a guy you've been on for a while and that's Tony Miller from the Bears. Anthony Miller. Now, you've been talking about Anthony Miller for a couple, really since he's been a rookie. And he kind of had a breakout late last year, had a bunch of really good games. What is your outlook for him? And he, is he one of these late round sort of gems that I can grab late and really feel confident in putting in my flex slash WR3 spot in my PPR league and get some production? Yeah, sneakily, Anthony Miller in his rookie year two years ago had seven touchdowns. I mean, you know, and then he had he's had shoulder problems uh, a couple years in a row. So now I'm starting to get concerned now as a talent, as a route runner. I mean, there's no he he's unbelievable as a route runner. Now, the quarterback play is a problem there, too. So I think Anthony Miller is what is going to is a popular sleeper among early drafters. I mean. No one's rushing up to he's not going to get the the helium that Deontay Johnson got, but he has just as much upside. So there you go here. It, I think we just kind of work this out on the air right now that I don't see the difference between Deontay Johnson and Anthony Miller, but I do see a four round discount. So I think that if you think Deontay Johnson is good, uh, has a chance to overtake uh, Juju Smith Schuster, outplay uh, James Washington and, you know, and just kind of push to the side the rookie chase Claypool, then you have to love Anthony Miller with just Allen Robinson kind of being the only other guy there. Anthony Miller is the number two. The quarterback situation will presumably be, be good. And I'll tell you what I mean by that is that if Mitch Trubisky isn't good, they're going to go to Nick Foles to stabilize. Now, if, yeah. if Mitch Trubisky's good, then he's good. So, you know, at le- right. So then we're going to at least have, you know, I would say slightly a tick, a stable, stabilized uh, production there. So yeah, I like Anthony Miller. I think he's a. Pro- I'm not willing to overpay for him, but I think that you've I correctly identified him as a player we could be talking about as that finishes as like wide receiver 22 on the year, and he's getting drafted in like the what the 40s or 50s. Definitely don't need to fight the room for. No one's fighting you in the room for Anthony Miller though. He's available. All right, let me jump on to the final topic for the day. All good ones, by the way, so far. All the players you picked, I really, uh, I think these are good. I'm waiting for like a graphic to pop up for this one. It's not going to happen. Well, maybe um, when I do the uh, the cut-ups, it will. There we go. The final topic for the day. Rookie wide receivers, should I draft one? And if so, who? And if who, when? 
Yeah, and I think that that last part is the key because I see Jerry Judy and CD Lamb going in like the seventh round, so I'm out. <laughs> it's just, I mean, not that they're not awesome, and Jerry Judy to me is is I, you've seen the stuff on Twitter with his route running. I mean, he is going to be so good. It's just that you know we're we're you know we're not convinced on Drew Lock. We like Drew Lock. I like Drew Lock, but you know that with the competition of targets i just think it's it's very risky in the 7th round so who are the wide receivers that i like at adp is that really who forget adp let's throw adp out the window for a minute which of these wide receivers it's very difficult we have a lot of roadblocks ahead of the wide receiver group for year 1 number 1 again training camp fucking weird oh. rona they're at home doing zoom meetings it's fucking bullshit you can't well, run then- on zoom I'll answer so, your question then. I'll answer your question. There's two wide receivers that I think ha- have the best chance to produce in year one, and it's it's clear to me. And, and they're they're being they're at a price that's like you know eleventh round or later. And that's Jalen Rager on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, is there's a lot of wide receivers in the wide receiver room, but there's not a lot that do what he does. Yes, Deshaun Jackson does a little bit what he does, but he played one game and got hurt last year. I'm not sure. Deshaun Jackson's like Ted Ginn Jr. at this time. He's really good for the football team. And he doesn't, and he's great for your fantasy team. I'm sorry, for your fantasy team in a sense like this, where he doesn't get a lot of targets, but he demands a lot of the attention. So I think Jalen Rager, it's wide open for him. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, finish in the top 20 wide receivers, but I think he can certainly finish in the top 36 and have some um, big games for you. So I could see a, you know, a game where Jalen Rager gets, you know, five or six catches for 80 yards and gets in the end zone. I could see him doing that pretty regularly. And the other, do you agree on Rager? Uh, yeah, I, I mean Rager is yeah. basically the. It's weird to say he's the only game in town they have. Um, you know, Jackson, they still have Alshon Jeffrey on the team. He's still on the yeah, team. He's. Uh, I'm totally discarding Jeffrey. Yeah, I'm totally sorry. Right. Uh, but they do have JJ Arcega Whiteside, who we just talked about. I can't even find Alshon Jeffrey. Um, yeah, Arcega White. But all right, so we got Jalen Rager and the other guy, the other player who I think has a chance to produce in year one, and that's Justin Jackson. I mean, the the Minnesota Vikings, they they traded away Stefan Diggs for a first round pick. They're left with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's great, but they're going to need somebody on the other side. Um, I said Justin Jackson. I meant Justin Jefferson. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Justin Jefferson, and he is uh, he's going to be on the opposite side. He's he came from a pro ready offense at LSU. He's used to playing with a with a super accurate um quarterback that could do it all in Joe Burrow and now he gets Kirk Cousins who I think when he gets protection is a really good quarterback it's you know he's he's in that old school uh pocket passer frame and Justin Jefferson can do a lot of good things on the football field talk about college production uh Justin Jefferson it just he could do it all short passes he can go along I think that's a guy that's undervalued in dynasty startups I'm happy to take him um right after Judy and Lamb and I think in year one he could be against someone that is just does the Terry McLaren on us surprises us all I I like the pick very much uh on the same note I very much like Adam Thielen. We didn't talk about him. He's one of my favorite, yeah. um, you know, WR2s this year because with Diggs out of the way, I think he's going to just have a glorious year. Any rookies uh, for you, man? Yeah, I'm going to throw a couple of my rookies out there. I like both the guys that you mentioned. Um, so right off the bat, I, I, I very much like those guys. I'm going to add into the mix. First of all, I don't, I'm not trying to be cheese balls here, but I do think that Jerry Judy in his situation with Denver is in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I agree. They need him. They need him on that team. I don't I don't like Cortland Sutton. I will warn you, do not draft Cortland Sutton. He is fool's gold. 
He's going way too high. He has not shown this He's dropping though. You know what? Just because I talked about that shit and I've been telling people fucking No, no, you were on it early. You were pushing him away early, but he he's no longer like a late third, early fourth. Now he's going like in the sixth round now. So it's more palatable. Rightfully so. Uh Cortland Sutton earlier in the season was like WR 14 or he was way up there. Big mistake. He has not shown anything. Jerry Judy is should should be able to take over on that team. So I like Judy a lot. I'm not down with CeeDee Lamb here. Not down with him. Not, not. Not this year, not at ADP. But I do like a couple of other names. One being Henry Ruggs. I think the the Raiders are going to have to find a way to use this guy. Um, they don't really have a lot going on at wide receiver on that team. Uh, point taken last season, they were like all about throwing to the tight end because they had really no one who could take a short pass and run with it. So I like Henry Ruggs. I think he could be productive this year. Stay, staying with wide receivers and on the Raiders, because I think Ruggs is a great pick by you. But let me ask you this. So, you know, another popular name is second year. You know, we we both love Ruggs, you and I, and we both like Brian Edwards. Tyrell Williams isn't going away. They have a, a tight end, Darren Waller, that catches a lot of passes. Where is the production going to come for, for Renfro? Uh, Renfro's dead for me. He's done. Right. He's again, I'd like even at his like 12th round ADP he's being overdrafted. Right. Now, I mean, that's Hunter Renfro did not have the athleticism. He was right, like he, he was good last year. That's what I'm saying. People are taking him because he was good because they had nothing else going on. This is the same thing that fooled people into thinking Tyrell Williams was going to be a high quality um, wide receiver coming off of the Chargers. When it turned out, he just came off of a year when they had nothing else going on. At wide receiver, now, so hold hold for a second. But you know, you you talked about like uh, Renfro not having the athleticism, and agree, like he didn't. But could he just be like one of those guys that's good at playing football? Like going back to his college, his last year of college, he caught that winning touchdown from Deshaun Watson to win the national championship. Like, could he end up being one of those guys that's like just has like this sick first step or good hand action, able to shed receivers again? I don't think so, but it's the most, it's the, I hate the unathletic. And then, and then of course, all of my, all of my comparisons, this is going to be fucked up, but all of my comparisons are like undersized white dudes. Like, I'm like, could he be a Wayne Corbett? Like all that's gone through my head is ah, Wayne Corbett was like that. And then I'm like, Oh, Danny would have, you, you know, and it's like, Oh, oh Julian Edelman's kind of that way. And it's like, then I'm like, what the fuck? How come I can't like, why does my head go to that? Because he's like an unathletic, undersized dude, and that's who makes it in the NFL. Like, is it on? You know, who just? Yeah, did no, it? I, I don't think that. Like, you know, I, I, I think, like I think that's an app. The head goes. I think that's a, um, you know, it's a normal mindset to have. Like, hey, this this uh, short white guy does this, so let's compare him to other short white guys. Like, I. I get it. You know, like it's not like a crazy. I hate that my head goes there. I wish I. I wish it. Didn't. I know. I know because of all of the the what's going on in yeah. society in the world. It's your sense to say it, but it, no, no, it, we're talking football right here. We're not talking about like race or society or social issues. Like I get why you said that. And, and there's a good comparison because he doesn't have that same athleticism. So I think it's an apt comparison, but he, I, I'm just not sure. Like I, I see why people are drafting Hunter Renfro at that spot, but I just think that it got, v and then also they headed Lynn Bowden who they're calling a, who they're calling him a running back. Uh, but he was drafted as a wide receiver. And in college, he was like an um, awesome wide receiver at Kentucky. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he is going to be on the field doing those things, too. I think he just does everything Hunter Renfro does better. 
I just don't see where it's going to come from. I'm not, I'm not on the Hunter Renfro train. Yeah, but I'm saying a lot of people are. So that's, that's why I was asking where you were at. These are chasers of last year's production. These are not people who are forward thinkers. They don't make bold calls. Those motherfuckers make old calls. We make bold calls. They make old calls. Now, let me ask you one last name. And then we'll wrap. And then we'll wrap it up there. But wait. Mark the time when, when I said we make bold calls, they make old calls, because that was totally unplanned. I was just very impressed. With no, me. that was good. And the rhymingness of it. Now, Michael, Michael Pittman, mm. he's going to the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, a little oft injured. But they don't do this. They don't do the same things. T.Y. Hilton is a low target, deep threat. Um, my, you know, and Paris, I mean, Cam- I mean, the Dante Moncrief role that Moncrief could never fulfill. Yeah. Paris Campbell projects as like the underneath guy to, playing the Keenan Allen role for Philip Rivers. Uh, Michael Pittman is like in a. Remember, the, the Colts had two second round picks. They chose to take Pittman before they took Jonathan Taylor. Like they valued the wide receiver more than they valued what everyone thought was one of the best running back prospects of the last couple of years, Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been talking to you about Pittman since before the draft even happened. I thought that, you know, I was, I was saying to you, I said, oh, don't the Jets should not take Jerry Judy in the first round of the real NFL draft because they can yeah, get, Pittman. They get Pittman. Then Pittman went like, and then his high, Yeah. Then the, the hype kept going. And, you know, Pittman's like, again, he profiles as a pro ready. He was a catch machine at USC. Um, you know, he, he just, he has NFL NFL blood. His father played in the NFL. Uh, you know, he, he's been around NFL football his whole life. He's he's uh, by all reports like a good team guy. He does everything well. I think that he looks to me like he had he has a lot of Michael Thomas to his game. So I think I forgot about him for redraft because I'm so used to talking about him in a dynasty forum. Michael Pittman, man, I mean that could be instant juice to your game right there. That's a really good pick too. I got to start adding him to my redraft teams. Now again, not super excited. I, I like a lot of these guys a little bit more longer term, and and I do think that the rookie wide receivers in all in all kind of calmness, so uphill I, battle. I, I, yeah. They're, they're Zoom meetings, all right? They're taking fucking Zoom meetings. They haven't even met the team yet, right? And it's it's but, mid-June. But that's why I like some of the, the senior guys, the guys that have been playing for four years, like Michael Pittman, who's a little bit older than the typical 20. Jerry Judy, the 20-year-old rookies, 21-year-old rookies, I get it. But the guys that are like 23, you know, that have a little more maturity, you know, that have that extra year of experience, I'm not as concerned about. And, and Pittman falls into that, that category. Perfect. All right, let's wrap it up there. That covers the wide receiver position. Obviously, you'll get much more in-depth um, rankings, picks. We're trying to keep you off the busts. We're trying to keep you on the the people going too low or too high. Get off of those guys. We want to get on top of the guys who are going a little bit too low. We want to beat the field. So um, Wait, obviously, yeah. you want to... So just say, like, who's one guy here? How about this? This is a good way. This is a good uh, ending to, to the podcast. Tell the people one player that they need to come away with in every wide receiver. They need to come away with in every single one of their drafts. You go first with that one because I need a second to think about it. Sure, sure, sure. So I think that if you are going to subscribe, and we see in the chat here, the live chat, I see a couple of guys saying this is the year for running backs. All right. So if you're going with that, and a lot of people are, they're just attacking these running backs early. I think that you need to get Amari Cooper on your team as your wide receiver one. So anytime he's available, usually in the fourth round, maybe the late third. So you're going to have a chance to get him. If you go running back, running back, you will have a shot of Cooper in the third. 
I think that's the wide receiver you should not leave your draft without if you go running back, running back early. All right. I'm, I'm not going to th- that guy. He's a little bit higher up the board. I'm going to give you a guy that I end up with on all of my teams. And he's just I wind up with him. And that's Devontae Parker. He's on every team that I've drafted. He's a little bit. He's ranked just a little bit lower than where I think he should go. And so he always winds up, I'm making decisions. It's Keenan Allen, it's Cortland Sutton, it's Tyler Lockett. I'm like, no, I want Devontae Parker above those guys. So that's a name that I will have on pretty much all of my teams. Yep. Um, if you're, and, the, and the guy that the last round, how about a last round guy, like the right. last four rounds yeah. guy that you're not leaving without, like who's the guy you're most owned through best ball? Who's that, that guy? That, that I was hoping, and that's going to be for me, it's going to be Nikhil Harry. He's going way too late. He is, as far as I'm concerned, the WR1 for his team, I don't think that Julian Edelman will make it through this year healthy. I don't think it even matters. He's a Tom Brady um, creation. So I like Nikhil Harry. I think he's got upside. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one for a team that won't be able to run it as much as they could when they had all the efficiency at the quarterback position. I really like Nikhil Harry um, to have a breakout year. What about you? Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, yeah, even going a few rounds later, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but literally I've done 30 best balls, give or take, with drafts, everything. Steve, Steve, Sims? Steve, Steven Sims is on every single one of those teams except for like two. Super so. late pick. I love it. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. A reminder, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you subscribe. We will be back next week with more bold call fantasy football action. We've gotten through all of the position groups at this point. Um, in terms of our rankings, the DFS Army Draft Kit will be completed within the week. and two weeks, Within two weeks. July 4th is the official launch. Yeah, July 4th is the official launch, Independence Day. Hashtag America. Um, so we will be complete. You have to sign up as a DFSArmy.com VIP or Core 4. We're opening up a new subscription level just for people who are interested in core sports. So we'll have that by the time July 4th runs around. You just have to be an NFL subscriber. You'll get that. You can chat with um, Says and myself and all of our team in our in our Slack chat as well. We have a very active season-long forum. Some of you guys, and listen, God bless you. Some of you guys will just have fucking Says on like speed dial. Like, dude, I'm on pick three. I'm like, who should I take? And Says is over here like, dude, take this guy. Like that is the level of one on one. And that's why we've just hired or, you know, we're, we're, we've uh, brought in another guy. I'm recruiting a staff to help me. I've brought in my guy, Shane, that's going to be in the Slack chat helping me out too, hopefully. Shane, Shane will be that too. Shane from the Flex Network. Shane, who has donated so much money to me in various football leagues. <laughs> and I almost feel like I owe him like a spot here on the roster. <laughs> Give you some of your money back. I get Shane, it. Shane loves fantasy football as much as you and I do, so he'll be a great addition to the to the coaching staff in the Slack chat. And 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 Cameron Low owned uh, WR oh, yeah. there as well. He's doing articles for us. So great articles. Um, season long, but not just that. Obviously, we do everything with the Army. But the number one thing I want you to do: like and subscribe to the channel. Let us know that you're out there. Make sure you smash the like button to subscribe. When you subscribe, when we go live, there's a little notification comes up like, "Hey, these guys have gone live." You could check out this broadcast um in season you'll get waiver wire pickups there's so much stuff going on you'll get start sit stuff so it's really really important to like and subscribe to the channel if you want to get all that podbean uh stitcher snitcher 
Apple phone, iTunes. I don't even know. And I talked to our, um, our, 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 our guy behind the scenes. And what he's going to do is he's going to make sure that our, our podcast appears in Spotify as soon as possible. So we'll be there very shortly. We thought it was there already. So we're not, I knew it. All right. We'll be on Spotify as well. We're going to be everywhere. So like and subscribe so you get these. And if you want to go to DFS Army and get signed up as a VIP, the VIP pricing right now, it's about to change. The VIP pricing covers every single DFS sport and season-long sport in existence. It's $49.99. And when you use promo code SAYS, and that's my boy over here's promo code, A, you're supporting him. You're keeping him employed. If you like his content, you got to use his code. I'm not even giving you mine. You get 20% off, so you get that membership for $39.99. Listen to me carefully. That membership is going up to $79.99. In a couple of weeks, when other sports come back, so we figured out that covering quite honestly NASCAR and esports and Korean baseball and all these crazy leagues, it's too much for one main subscription. So we're 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 breaking those out right now. It's all included VIP prices never change at DFSArmy.com. So when you get signed up and you lock in a number, that's a reason to lock it in now. You get signed up now, you get all the season long, you get every sport covered. And trust me when I tell you, our MMA alone is worth uh, thirty nine ninety nine a month. If we did nothing else. Our NASCAR alone is worth $39.99. If we did nothing else, you get it all. So it's a really awesome deal. And that number is going up massively. So please do it now. Don't complain to me in fucking August when you're like, hey, what the fucking price go up? Yeah, that's right. We covered, I had to hire. You, you got staff covering every single sport. It's a lot of shit to do. So if you want to get those niche sports, now's the time. If not, you do a core four membership, get your basketball, baseball, football, the regular sports. We hope they all come back. NFL will be back. <sighs> all right. Said all my peace. I am the geek. I got my man for season long says here. We'll be back next week with more bold calls. We will help you win your leagues. We yeah, are next, not this week. Will, I think next week we'll we'll talk some ADP risers, some NFL news, possibly some sleepers. We'll come up with a good angle for you guys, uh, something useful and actionable for your for your offseason drafts. You're not gonna get ESPN takes here, guys. You're not gonna get generic bullshit here. You're gonna get Bold calls, players to stay away from, names that everybody is touting that we say stay the fuck away from. And you see it every year. We do this. We do this early in the season. By the time the season rolls around, it's like, oh, everything you said already happened. The ADP rose. You'll get that info early because we're on top of it. Year-round fantasy football. Thanks for watching. For Sez and myself, good luck this season.